I did a thing. Okay. I did a thing. So, when I ordered you those animal crackers that you are absolutely adoring, <laughs> I also accidentally, not so accidentally, saw it, but I was like, mm, not going to stop it, so I did it, but my mushroom bags are now here. <laughs> Okay. And of course, now that I have my mushroom bags here, that means I have to order more spore and everything else. And so, so that's, yeah, now I've, I've, I've committed the cascade effect has no excuse to stop me now. Um, <laughs> so I also may have ordered the grow room that I wanted to get where I could have everything sealed up and go to town in it. Okay. Well, we had like I think almost a hundred pounds of coffee grounds, and you're not using them in the garden. That's fine. I'm just like Psh, I want them. I want. I want. I want every single every single bit of it. To be completely you know? honest, I keep forgetting about that. That's okay. <laughs> you, you don't have to forget about it. They're not yours anymore. <laughs> that's fine. Um, because I mean, if this works, then yeah, I'm I'm gonna put them on marketplace and everything else. It's you know oyster mushrooms is what I'm going with here and. Let's be honest, the oyster mushrooms that we grew last time, it wasn't until I left them alone and did nothing that they just took off. <laughs> so it's like, okay, fine, you little jerks. All right, well, I'm going to do that all over the place because uh, I love mushrooms. And people are like, oh, yeah, you can grow mushrooms in anything. You can grow them in cardboard. You can grow them in this. I'm like, yeah, great, but nutrients come from whatever they're consuming. Yeah. So I'm kind of good not thinking about consuming cardboard. <laughs> You know, the nutrients, and I've never heard anybody say, so my diet is rich in vitamin cardboard. <laughs> so, yeah, so I so I did a thing. <laughs> and I, I just, I'm also, I know you saw it this weekend, the carboy that I got with the fermentation top on mm -hmm. it. So three pounds of honey, the rest of it is water and just, the yeast and then whatever fruit I want to add into it and uh, in as little as, as two weeks but as long as I want basically we're going to have mead our own, our own mead I'm very excited about it so and so I may or may not have ordered more bottles oh my gosh so because, I mean, what am I going to put them in? I'm not going to just drink it out of the carboy when it's done. So I got to rack it and do all the other stuff to put it in its own bottle and let them uh, be in the bottles. But I was thinking about, like, cooking mead because there's plenty of things that we talk about that taste great with honey. Things uh -huh. that like to be cooked in alcohol. And so I was like, okay. But I realized that nobody makes a cooking mead, right? And okay. I'm like... So I may be making a mead that's not meant for drinking, but made for cooking with, which kind of goes against what I've said in that I won't buy a wine that I wouldn't drink to cook with. <laughs> cooking wine is a joke. I will never use it. There is no application for it to me whatsoever. Any wine that I use should be something that I'm also going to be willing to drink. So, but mead, because I'm looking at it more on the bringing sweetness to certain foods, like I was thinking about pork chops like mead rosemary pork chops type mm. situation sounds amazing to me because we love <laughs> honey ham mm -hmm. you know we killed your ham from easter so fast it wasn't even funny that was a 12 pound ham 
Yeah, we, I want to make another one gone. because I did not get to appreciate oh, it. Oh, I did. Because I, everybody else ate it and mm-hmm. I wasn't feeling good for so long. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't have like any besides the first piece that I did on Easter in between the, the Hawaiian rolls and I n- hadn't had yeah. any other. <laughs> well. Yeah, I have no issues with buying more. So I guess we'll have to just go do that and make that happen. And with that, good morning and welcome to the Morning Grind on the Stupid Podcast on Everything, where I'm Joey. And I'm Kiki. And we talk about everything. And nothing. All at the same time by two people who are giggling a little bit about today's date. So today is? 420. Yep. (laughs) So our very first day is 420 day. So every year on April 20th, cannabis producers, consumers, advocates, and those who are just curious have long celebrated 420 Day. Once an unconventional day, the day has become the rallying cry of those who seek to legalize marijuana for medicinal and recreational uses. While federal law in the United States still classifies cannabis as illegal, many states have legalized the substance for medicinal, recreational use, or both. Since the 1970s, some state legislatures have been going through various stages of decriminalizing cannabis possession and use. Alternatively, other states have strengthened their stance on the topic. California led the way in 1996 by making medical cannabis legal. Washington and Colorado legalized cannabis for recreational use in 2012. Other states have followed suit in varying degrees. A 2018 Gallup poll showed that 66% of Americans support legalizing marijuana. According to Gallup, they first asked the question back in 1969 and only 12% supported making the plant or weed legal. Today, proponents point to several reasons for making cannabis legal. Cannabis will become the largest cash crop in the United States. Legalizing it allows regulation, allows law enforcement to focus on violent crimes and eases pressure on public resources. And cannabis is safer than alcohol. So to observe 420 Day, share your thoughts about 420. Learn about legislation in your state. Explore the medical benefits of cannabis. And obviously, (laughs) if you're a fan, definitely go ahead and smoke a blunt because there are so many people at this point that are and Mm -hmm. i also we've talked about it so many times legalize it it's dumb that is ever that's federal overreach to me for something that's literally not harmful you can't overdose (laughs) on why as long as we have alcohol there's no arguments for most of our drugs it's it's absolutely ridiculous and just so everybody knows yeah 1970 1971 there's you know argument over which date it started from but it was loaded five students and it was before that with the end of their day they'd all bounce out and it was you know 420 and they would that was their code word mm-hmm. for when it was time to smoke but not only that but those guys called themselves waldos and when people would want to join them they would ask where's waldo yep Hundred percent. That is the that is the actual origin of wow. where's Waldo. Now, if you ever look at Waldo, you can't look at him and think that that guy doesn't, you know, walk around with a pipe, <laughs> like doesn't know how to turn an apple into a pipe, right? So, so it's it's kind of funny to think about that, and um, you know, it, it weed is has become crazy. Like Mike Tyson actually has a line of edibles. I'm not kidding. When I say this, this is not a joke. It's it's real. Look it up. I'll, you know what? Here. Picture of it is on our YouTube right now. His line of edibles are shaped like ears. 
I saw that. Yep. I saw that. Oh and, my god! And it was marketing brilliance because yep. they sold out. So there it is, right there. So it's crazy that you know to understand that it was a group of students, San Rafael High School, like just there. And you know, again, our our stance on it is: look, no drug is good. We know that alcohol is not good. Mm-hmm. We also know that drive-throughs aren't good. Yeah, we still do drive-throughs and we still drink alcohol. Um, we don't drink a ridiculous amount of alcohol because that's when there's problems. People who smoke a ridiculous amount of weed, and I have friends who smoke a ridiculous amount of weed, and there's like there's no side effects to it. And I'm like, maybe you shouldn't tell that to the wall, you know, because they just zone out. There's literally there's, it's very obvious people who smoke chronic amounts of weed. There's a reason it's called chronic. You know, it's it's. Yeah, I have nothing against it and do it all you want, but know that it's not completely harmless. Like you don't there's just there is there are limitations to it. Yeah. Too much of anything mm-hmm. is a bad thing. And that's what I was going to say. You can die from drinking too much water. That happened in California yeah. during a radio contest I remember where that. yeah, somebody drank like multiple gallons of water and died. So anything can kill you, but Weed in and of itself, and, and especially, look, and I, I want to have this argument. The, there's one drug I'm, I'm all for not legalizing, and that's fentanyl. Yeah. Fentanyl is absolutely destructive. There's no other purpose for it than to kill people. Mm-hmm. That's really all it does. It's, it's, it's a quick high that murders you. And you don't build up a tolerance to it type yeah. situation. So that makes it even worse. But if you regulate weed, legalize weed, legalize coke, legalize all of the drugs then you can regulate them and make sure that there's not fentanyl in it. Fentanyl exactly. is the killer. So, you know, you don't hear about people in Colorado and California who are sitting there and then going to the cannabis clubs, you know, dying from fentanyl. It yeah. doesn't happen. And you also don't go to those places and, like, mm-hmm. just deal with a bunch of people that don't know what they're talking about and are high yeah. off their butts and... You know, it's not like there's a bunch of car wrecks that are from them because, oh, my gosh, they were high while they were driving. And, like, (laughs) they've legalized it in these places. And, yeah, if you come across a bunch of the the younger generations, sure, they they may be a little bit high. But, like, that (laughs) that's about it. It's not like it made the entirety of the state just this crazy, big, huge state full of people that don't know what they're talking about. All say, yeah, bruh, and whatever, and all that. (coughs) <coughs> it's just not that's not how it works so I just I think mm-hmm. I I just and, and I want to have a logical fact supporting conversation with somebody that thinks that weed is mm-hmm. this horrible horrible thing or it's a gateway drug or any of the other crap that people you know say about it because it's like <laughs> the worst yeah. the worst thing yeah somebody may fall asleep you know what they, they might talk to a wall <laughs> like you said you know what? Mm-hmm. They may not be entirely listening to you. They may not be there. And, but and I want to point out that the states where weed is illegal are the states that have the higher per capita death related to fentanyl. So, I mean, you know, it's not good here in Texas. Weed's not legal. Mm-mm. Right. You know how many deaths we've had from fentanyl related deaths? Mm-hmm. Four thousand one hundred seventy two. OK. So it's like. It's kind of crazy to think about it. Colorado, where weed is legal, Uh 
just everywhere in Colorado and there isn't a underground um, you know group of people bringing in weed from the southern border because it happens in California and I'll explain that in a second 1,492 so you know but California there's people who are still going for the cheap weed that's coming up from Mexico and guess what their fentanyl over overdose rate is Eight thousand nine hundred and eight for last year. So this is just just so everybody knows that it's it's when you legalize everything, you can regulate it better. But California just has such an open border. How do I know? Because I used to be able to run 12 keys from Mexico through California and I never had a problem. So, you know, it's not a great thing, especially to admit my crimes. But statute of limitations go away. Anyway, all this was said for entertainment purposes only. Of course, like everything that we say on Stupid Podcast and everything, and please consult your health professional before you have any changes to your lifestyle. <laughs> okay. <So>. Anyways. <laughs> what is our next national day? Perfect for anybody that's got their munchies from a being 420 day. Mm-hmm. It is National Cheddar Fries Day. Heck yeah. So oh, grab man. your toppings on April 20th to celebrate National Cheddar Fries Day. What better way to enjoy your fries than with an indulgent dollop of cheddar cheese? Of course, several other ingredients go well with fries and cheddar mm-hmm. cheese. Who can resist crispy golden French fries topped with their favorite ingredients and aged Wisconsin cheddar cheese? Mm-hmm. Fresh ingredients like tomatoes and peppers make mouths water. Add spicy toppings like chili or jalapenos. Mix it up with onions, bacon, or a drizzle of ranch. The, if you put ranch on your cheese fries, you're weird. Just saying that. That's totally a white people thing. <laughs> put ranch on everything. Anyways, <laughs> these great combinations this delight just about. Stop it. These great combinations delight just about any discerning culinary taste buds. So to observe National Cheddar Fries Day, call up your favorite restaurant and order some cheddar fries to go. Be sure to get extra napkins because you won't because you know you won't get through them without making a mess. You can also prepare your favorite version of cheddar fries at home. What ingredients will you use? Definitely let us know. What are your favorite things on cheddar fries? Because you don't go for cheddar fries over anything because you go for Dorito bombs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when no, you when, do when, have cheddar fries. When I do have cheddar fries, I will either go... It, it really depends on which route I'm, I'm going to go with because I, there's a simple elegance that I like when I go with sautéed garlic. Um, and, you know that with with my cheddar fries especially if i'm doing with aged wisconsin cheese mm-hmm. oh yes the white cheddar is it's amazing to have garlic white cheddar fries and and i'll, <laughs> I'll eat those um but i love them I, i'll be honest i love nacho fries which cheddar cheese yeah. um, more than i like regular nachos because i like potatoes a lot more than i like um chips and one of the things that i like to do is i actually smash my potatoes to roast them um, so they're fries, but they're smashed fries, and they're more, you know, they're thinner and more of the crispiness of a chip than their counterparts are. And I think that those go with just about anything. I've had chili cheese fries. I've had the nacho fries. There's a very under- big understanding that there is a difference between the two. Um, but as far as just French fries with cheddar cheese on them, that's just weird to me. Like it's it's really? like I feel like that's just the lazy. Like Tabby gets them all the time with the the tots, the tater tots. Um, we go to Sonic and she just yeah. gets the cheddar tots. And I'm like, okay, I'll eat one, and then I'm just like, Meh. but I always want to add stuff into it. I always want to do more. But I I think that's just that might just be the nature of being a chef. I just feel like the two together, they're okay. But I would rather 
if I was going to do that, I would rather do like a stuffed potato type fry. You know well, what I, I mean? Well, I think that when you do things like that, it's because you don't have any kind of nostalgia to it. And because that's you fair. have things that have are that very, school. very plain mm-hmm. that you very much enjoy yeah. that you don't try to add anything to. And every mm-hmm. once in a while you will and you go, uh-uh, this is, I messed up. Don't eat it. <laughs> And yeah. so we'll go back. And so I think it's just maybe that's just one of those things you don't have that with. So you think that you need to add something to it for it to be good. Because I like cheese fries. Like, mm-hmm. I'll eat cheese fries. I will eat so many cheese fries. <laughs> I will hurt myself eating cheese fries. I love cheese fries. But, yeah, no, I, I it depends on my mood. If If I'm in a mood for something basic, I will just eat cheddar cheese covered fries. <laughs> but... Uh, if I'm if I'm in a mood for something closer to nacho fries, then I'll have something like that. I'll add things mm-hmm. to it. I'll make it flavorful and th- you know just different. So, yeah, I think I think it depends on my mood. But yeah, no, I I I can understand both sides of it because I like cheese fries, but sometimes I just want more than that. <laughs> so I think for me it depends on whether or not I want it as like an appetizer or like a side mm-hmm. or like as a meal because I can definitely have them either way. <laughs> Yeah, no, and and I fully agree. So, yeah, I like I said, I just I don't have the nostalgia bite to that, you mm-hmm. know. But I do to like traditional grilled cheese sandwiches and mm-hmm. things that, you know, a couple of ingredients or less, you know, that I just don't mess with. But yeah, I'm I'm not there on fries. So that's and, and that's understandable. It, we, you had fries at school. We didn't. We really did not. We 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 had oven roasted tater tots. That was that was our thing. We did not have French fries. I don't even think we had a fryer. We had we. I think we we had potato wedges. Yeah. That were like constant rollout mm-hmm. <laughs> everywhere, and everybody loved them. I thought they were soggy and gross. <laughs> but when we the fancy line had had French fries, and they also had fancy. nachos. Yeah, because this is what mm-hmm. we called it. You had yeah. the regular lunch line in the cafeteria, then you had the one where they had all the fresh ingredients in front of you and made it for you. They had French fries. And, uh, yeah, no. When people got the potato wedges, they'd be handing them out, sharing them and all that. When people got those French fries, no, they were gone <laughs> before mm-hmm. they would make it to somebody else so nobody could ask. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Okay. So, yeah, dude, and curious, do cheddar fries play like a – a role in your life <laughs> you know let us know one way or the other it's very i'm just kind of curious about that one so and uh yeah i'm just you know or is there a way that you do them maybe you know i i know some people that like like tabby you tell her you know cheese fries and if she just wants a cheese sauce yeah. she, but i think she just wants a, a cheese sauce delivery system because <laughs> that girl got that huge uh what was it gallon and a half of yeah cheese massive sauce. yeah <laughs> It was like 10 bucks and she like dug into it. I mean, she went nuts getting into it. I was like, she's not going to eat half of it, but she almost ate half of it. And that was impressive and (laughs) scary all at the same time. So, (laughs) all right. So with that, what is our next day? It is get to know your customers day. So get to know your customers day reminds businesses to reach out to patrons and get to know them better. The day is observed annually on the third Thursday of each quarter, January, April, July, and October. That's hilarious. So when businesses get to know their customers, they also get to know more about what they need to grow. Mm. Remember when Main Street businesses were locally owned and operated? The owners knew you by name and knew your shopping habits. Additionally, they typically knew what you wanted to buy. Not surprisingly, they were willing to get it in front of to get it in front in for you if they didn't have it. Mm-hmm. 
Unfortunately, with the advent of the internet and big box stores, much of the personal attention has gone by the wayside. Get to know your customers day is a day to turn that around. Make it a point to get to know a little more about your customers. Most importantly, make each of them feel like they are your most important customer of the day. Here's some tips for knowing your customer. Ask your customers questions. Find out what services and products they need. Use social media. Get the word out about your specials and new product. Social media is a great tool to find out what your customers like and don't like about your store. It's important to respond as quickly as possible. When you do, it will be noticed. Remember, fixing a negative customer experience in a positive way can show you stand by your word. In turn, it could transfer into future multiple sales. Follow up on a purchase. Ask your customers how their purchase or service worked for them. Not only will you find out about your product, but you will learn more about your customer and the services they need. Network with other businesses. Learning and sharing best practices for getting to know customers from other successful businesses will also grow your business. So to observe Get to Know Your Customers Day, grow your business by taking the time to get to know your customers. In doing so, you'll be planting a seed that will flourish. Ask your customers what you're doing right and what they would like to see improved. And definitely do your research about growing your business. This is really important. I mean, this this is so ridiculously important that it, and it baffles me how much people just ignore it. it. They they do. They they completely ignore this. And and I've had to deal with this on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. But when I had my firm, right? And I made sure that yeah, I was pretty much the same date, so it's kind of funny that my employees were every 90 days calling our customers up and seeing if there was anything they needed, asking, it was like, because they each had their own accounts, their own lists of accounts, okay. would call up these people, and, and it was like, hey, you know, you can do this all in one week. I don't care, right? But you do this. Mm-hmm. And you call people up because the simplest little things, and now imagine, imagine this. Imagine you have a little over 14,000 customers, right? Okay. That's, that's what we had. We had a little over 14,000 customers. And we market and explain that their business card is the most simple, simplistic and powerful form of marketing that they have, right? Still to this day, I tell people this. I don't care what your business is. You better have a business card. Okay. And when you meet somebody, we tell people, hey, you should be meeting people and think about meeting people, you know, three people a day. Doesn't matter if you go out for a coffee. Hey, boom, meet somebody. Doesn't it doesn't hurt, right? Okay. When you go go to a bit if you go to a business mixer, meet somebody. Doesn't hurt. But you know, you're gonna meet like thirty people there and you give them three business cards. You give them three business cards because you make your business card a little less valuable, right? Because you want those people to give you referral business. Even if they've never worked with you before, you want them to give you referral business. So Hopefully you're passing out your business cards three at a time. You don't hold on to your business. You shouldn't have a business card for more than 90 days. Okay. And we promoted that and people realized that we were right and it wasn't something simple. Look, we were doing a thousand full color, high gloss, UV coated business cards for $89, right? And these were professional. Vista had nothing on us. I was, everybody's like, what do you think about Vista? I'm like, I'm so not worried about Vista print. I have zero competition with Vista print. I am literally my 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 cards are beautiful and we're handing those out and our customers started paying attention to that. Well, about two thirds of our customers started paying attention to that because every 90 days they go through those phone calls. We would have about 10,000 orders of business cards. Wow. Okay, so it was absolutely baffling to everybody that if we did nothing else. 
that that meant that we were basically looking at $900,000 a quarter in just business cards. <laughs> okay? Okay. So just business cards. And it's like, holy crud. Like nobody else was paying attention to business cards. And, you know, when you make them disposable, but you make them valuable, it was a huge thing. So you call up your customers every 90 days. And, and if they didn't use their business cards, say, hey, um, let me send you this article really quick that was written by Joey that was published um, in a couple of different magazines and publications because it talks about the value of your business cards and how you have to. I basically had said that in order for you to truly appreciate your business cards, you had to use them like a hot potato. Like you didn't want them, right? <laughs> okay. So you gave people three and the weakest referrals and, and, and it, it upped our numbers. So while everybody else was struggling, just, you know, all the other marketing firms were like, you know, oh man, we're going to break a, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars this quarter in just business cards. We were breaking $900,000 a quarter and, and customers weren't getting just business cards, right? They mm -hmm. were... Oh, hey, you know what? While I'm at it, I, I have this thing coming up and I need to get brochures. Oh, let me get 10,000 brochures. All right. You want those to match your business cards? Obviously, we make sure that everything that you have matches. Oh, and then I, you know what? I need a banner. Okay. Hey, you know what? I've never been to one of these before. Is Can I get some marketing advice from Joey? And they're like, yeah, no problem. They literally patch them over and I talk to them and be like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, hey, so I'm doing this wedding expo. And, you know, I need to know what all do I need? And it's like, okay, well, you know, you do photography. Yeah. And then what else are you doing on diversification? Are you just doing it solo? Or are you bringing somebody else in on the co-op side of it? They're like, you know, I've been thinking about that because the booths are like $10,000 for a three-day event or a five-day event. It's like, yeah, why don't you get somebody else in with you? And then it's 5000 on that. And if you're going to do the co-op, why don't you guys work on the referral side of things? Oh, man, you know what? I know so-and-so is doing this on this corner and I could do them. It's like, yeah, no problem. Why don't you talk to them? Let's go ahead and try to set up a whole thing where you guys are complimenting each other. And then they'd have like nine or ten businesses that they're working with all because of a business card. And then all of a sudden we're making numbers where people are like, how is this little marketing firm in Sacramento <laughs> outperforming Bay Area marketing firms by generating millions of dollars a month? in business and it's because business cards and and by just calling our customers up and telling them what they need just because we appreciate them and and we'd have customers that we'd sit there and it's like you know okay for so for example um locksmiths right mobile locksmiths okay. they'd be like yeah i, I want to get some business cards and some door hangers we're like no don't do that the business card side of things yeah absolutely put them in, put your business cards in stores and go around to the stores on a regular basis because people are going to come back with their stuff locked, you know, their their keys locked in their car. And they'll come back to that business card booth and they did that and they were like, holy crud. U.S. Locksmith <laughs> was like, how did that work? It's like, Rrp. I had them, what I had them do, I had them stick it into every phone book. Go to a phone book, go stick your business card in a phone book, in the locksmith section, and in the front of the phone book. Okay? So that was it. And <laughs> so they, I had, U.S. Locksmith, they literally, it's what they did, was... They would run around to every single phone book. They would find every single one, and they would put them in the in those phone books and inside of every payphone, you know. Because when do you need a payphone? When you don't have access to your cell phone. When you don't. When don't you have access to your cell phone? When you're an idiot locked in your car. <laughs> so you know. So it's those kinds of things, and and it was we we appreciated our customers and helped them. And I did a lot of free marketing, and I didn't care. I knew the numbers would take care of themselves, and they did. 
like I said, you have over 14,000 customers. You have close to 15,000 customers getting business cards every 90 days because you're telling them, telling them why they want to pump it out. And they're like, holy crud, you're right. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, you know, it's like we only make $10 on these business cards at the end of the day. And they're like, oh, OK, so it's not a profit thing for you. Get it. At a- no, you don't understand. <laughs> ten thousand dollars times you know <laughs> times times ten thousand people every every quarter profit you don't understand that i'm talking profit after taxes after production after your account manager is paid profit after everything else that is pure profit i literally can grab that money that, that comes out and it's like mm, i have a hundred thousand dollars Profit after everything else is paid. Most businesses didn't have that. Why? Because that was that was the benefit to taking care of our customers. You know, and it's like, and so many people don't do that. Like we have several restaurants here that we tell them, and I'm done. You know, it's like the last time we went to our favorite little Asian place, I was like, mm. she came out to me. She's like, oh yeah, how's it going? I was like, pretty good. And and she's like, yeah, you know, I've been thinking about what you said. That's nice. I literally said, that's nice because no, I'm not going to waste my time with that. But the restaurants we don't come back to are the ones who don't have any kind of personalized interaction with us. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, OK, so admiring your customers, showing your customers that they're value, that they're valuable to you is what keeps your customers coming back. And it grows you and your reputation. And it's, you know, you can, I've had bad experiences with customers where say a print file, the file didn't make it right. Mm -hmm. And they had three days and they paid for a rush. And then the print job was wrong. It wasn't even close to what they had already agreed to and matched. So you're like, Oh crud only to find, you know? And so it's like, so I worked myself in the print shop to make sure we got this job done. We lost money on it. And you know what happened? That customer went to that convention. Everybody was complaining about everything. He said, yeah, well, this is what SIA did. And they made all this right. And then you know what happened? We got a crap ton of business. <laughs> so a good customer brings a referral. And referral business is stronger than the is, is stronger than the strongest advertisement ever could be. How do we know? We went to Crawfish Out Back this last weekend. And on Facebook, somebody's like, oh, you all got the good stuff, right? And before Kelly could post anything up, I posted it up. And then what she come over to tell us, she goes, hey, that guy over there. Yeah, that's the guy that you posted up to show him pictures of the food. Yeah, he's here. I've never met that guy before in my life. But that's because she takes care of her customers. So if you own a business, yeah, I'd love to know how you take care of your customers. And if, if you do and you need better help taking care of your customers, yeah, let me know on that too. I love answering questions like that. I've done a podcast specifically to that. With that. Don't forget to hit that follow button or whatever you're listening from. Like our podcast page on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find all of that in our link tree in the description. And d- be sure to get a- our website a visit. There you go. And that's Stupid Podcast on Everything and .com, obviously. And hopefully we'll see you this afternoon. And until then, peace out with your peace out. Bye.